Welcome to the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Brooks. Up until about five years ago, I was your average mom of three. It was after the sudden loss of my father that my life changed forever and the rising within me began. Since then, I've embraced my gifts and have stepped into my role as an evidential psychic medium, past life reader, higher self mentor, holy fire Reiki practitioner, and published author. In this podcast, we will talk all things spiritual and healing through a very grounded and relatable approach. I hope you'll continue to join me each week, remembering who you always were as we rise together. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I am your host, Amy Brooks, and I am really excited to be here. Thank you for joining me, for taking the time out of your busy lives to listen to what I have to say and to share your lives with me. You know, I've mentioned before about the little Facebook community I have for you, the listeners. Um, And if you're not over there and you're interested in joining, hop on over. It is private and it is a safe, inclusive community. You don't have to participate. You can simply just listen um, and, you know, observe other people's questions. The thing about being on the spiritual path is that we often feel so, so alone or that what we're experiencing is not normal, quote unquote, or like nobody else experiences it and we cannot, we, we often don't feel safe talking about it. But the thing that happens, and I can tell you this from absolute experience, when I put myself out on the limb four and a half years ago and declared myself a medium to the world, you know, I didn't, I didn't do that like gradually. I just did that. Like my friends and family essentially discovered that along with the public. Um, You know, from that place, I can tell you that once I began to talk about those things, once I began to share my experiences, other people would come out of the woodwork to say, like, I've had experiences like that too, but I was always questioning my sanity or I wasn't sure, you know, if I was just making it up or, you know, I'm working through conditioning of like different mindsets or religious backgrounds and so I was kind of fearful of it regardless of what your experience is is I'm sure that many of you can agree who are listening when and if you do begin to share those little things like hey I had a dream last night about such and such in spirit do you ever experience that too like the more that we talk about those things the more that you will realize that a lot of this are universal experiences a lot of people many people have experienced a visitation or have experienced something happening and it's just kind of like well that's weird right like that's one of those like weird ghost stories or what have you not really taking it further or expanding on it and thinking oh I think that means something I think there's here something for me to explore you know and I certainly I honestly believe that you know although I think that these things are universal although I think that we all have psychic abilities although I think that we all have the ability to connect to spirit I don't believe we all will right it's not in everybody's path in this lifetime to do so but those of you that are here those of you that listen and follow around it is in your path that's why you're interested in it you know think about like a sport say like baseball never been interested in baseball in my life probably because it's not something that 
you know, is, is really a part of this path. It doesn't mean that I couldn't pick it up if I wanted to, but the things that we gravitate towards and the things that we do end up picking up more often than not are because they continually show up in our life in some time, in some way I meant to say. So pay attention to those things. So if you're listening, there's a reason that you're listening. If you're really interested in spirituality, in mediumship, in tarot, in psychic abilities, in astrology, there is a reason you are. And those people that are not interested in those things, likely not going to go down in this, this path in this lifetime. And that's okay. Maybe the next, maybe in a past life, one of my many past lives, maybe I was not doing this work. I'm sure there was like at least a couple where I wasn't, but I will tell you that I have had a past life reading done on myself before and um, and I've like done past life regressions um, and guided meditation, past life meditations and definitely have picked up on many, 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 many lives on which in which I have done this work or been a healer in some capacity. So, um, but I'm sure there's one way back when, when I did not. Um, so yeah, I'm here today to kind of share some really interesting to me kind of things that have been happening lately. Um, I quickly want to share that I have a new offering out. It is called an inner child healing session. This did come by request. So I was asked by multiple past clients if I would offer this and I decided that yes, I would. It was aligned with me. And so I've done a couple of these sessions already and they've been pretty mind blowing. So if you are on that path and wanting to connect and heal and hear from your inner child, please check out my website at theintuitiverising.com. Please remember the only way to book with me and the only way to pay a service with me is through my website. There are always scammers out there. So do not fall for anybody DMing you, private messaging you, or sending you like a PayPal or a Stripe app. I don't, I don't use either. So the only way you can book with me is on my website. All right. So now we got that out of the way. Uh, let's talk about some neat signs and synchronicities as of lately, maybe a little bit of story time. The energy as of late has been intense. Am I right? Intense. Um, a lot of highs and lows. So I kind of, at the beginning of this week, where we are in the um, middle of April now, I was feeling a lot of lows and I was feeling, I guess the best word to describe it would be intense. I felt intense. I felt a little bit cranky. I felt like I was emotional and could cry at the drop of a hat. I felt kind of down, definitely down is what I'll say. Like my mindset is wasn't, wasn't where it should be, but it is what it is. I, I guess I should be careful about saying my mindset is was not what it should be because I feel like that's a little limiting and potentially not the right term. It's okay that it was what it was. And that's something I want to talk about today. And I guess spirit does too, because they are reminding me and looping me back to that thought. So let's, let's go with that. Um, it's okay to feel your feelings. Like you hear me say this all the time. It's okay. So lately the energy has been tense. I felt intense. I felt emotional. I felt, um, I realized I said intense with a D. No, I felt intense. Um, and I have felt a bit cranky and I have felt a bit low and pessimistic and all of these things. And that's okay. That's okay because 
most, if not all of our really significant growth and evolution come from the challenges and the struggles, right? It's like, that's really what shows us what we're made of, right? And so it's okay to embrace those struggles and just to allow yourself to navigate them float. I always picture like a buoy, like a buoy and just kind of holding on for dear life and just letting the water take me where it needs to take me. Knowing that I'm not going to drown. I'm not going to drown in the emotion. I'm not going to drown in the um, overwhelming feeling. I'm just going to hold on tight to the buoy and let life flow. And so I picture this image anytime I feel like that. I don't judge myself for feeling that way. But I also know that I have the ability to shift my mindset. We talked about mindset last week. It's an important one. And I am noticing more and more every single passing day how important mindset is. So, um, you know, with this intense energy, I've been focusing a lot of times stressing about things and kind of catastrophe, catastrophe, sorry, I have a dry mouth, so I'm going to take a drink and then try to say that word. Catastrophizing about everything not working out. This is not going to work out. Oh, I'm not going to work out with this. This is not going to work out. And I'm catching myself in it. Not judging myself, but definitely aware. And so yesterday I made a Facebook post on my personal Facebook and just kind of like was like I am feeling a little bit. I, I basically express myself. I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed with this house hunt. I definitely feel like I potentially am in a scarcity or a lack mindset about this and I really need to shift my energy. So I'm intentionally shifting my energy, right? And, and with this post, there was a lot of interaction, more interaction than I anticipated with other people going, oh my God, yes, you hit the nail on the head, scarcity mindset. I've been feeling that too. We do have the ability to shift our mindset and people kind of coming out in spades with like affirmations and, you know, reminders of our personal power and the importance of mindset. And I was like, dude, you guys are preaching to the, the, the choir. So thank you so much. And thank you for the reminder. Thank you for the reminder. I needed that. And my my mindset instantly shifted. Instantly shifted. It was quite amazing, really, to witness myself. How the energy shifted the moment I decided that I could feel a different way. <laughs> so essentially, I was just like, yeah, like I need to get out of this. Let's shift the, the energy. And then it shifted. The reason I bring up the intensity to the energy besides making that point is that I was reading yesterday somebody's Instagram post um, about how we're in eclipse season and that, um, you know, she, she in the post, the person listed like how it's kind of bringing up things, uh, shaking things up a little bit, uh, some shadow stuff, right? Like we're really being asked to peel back the layers so that we can evolve into the next level and so she gave specific years and she's like think about and reflect on what you were doing in these specific years and they were at 95 96 2004 2005 and 2015 and 2016 and so I was like okay 95 nothing really significant but 96 was the year that I met um, my first serious boyfriend, I did talk about that relationship and uh, briefly about the dynamics of it 
um, in episode two, in the one that's called My Story and How I Got Here, that I kind of talked about how it was a dysfunctional kind of relationship, it was not healthy, um, and how that affected me, and that was the beginning of that relationship, so 96, I was 16 at the time, and then we go into 2004-2005, 2004 was the year that I met my husband, and 2005 was the year that we found out that we were expecting our first child. She was born in early 26, 20, 2006. Yeah, born in early 20, 20, 2006. I can't even say 2000 anymore. It's more like 20. And it doesn't sound right to say 2006. Anyways, she, we were due in 2005. And um, that was where I spent the majority of my pregnancy with her. And then we'll fast forward to the last two years that she listed, which was 2015 and 2016. 2000 and, or sorry, no, it was 2000 and, I'm wrong, 2014, 2015, sorry, were the years, were the last set of numbers. 2014 was the year that I lost Henry. So again, if you haven't listened to episode two, you'll hear all about these people um, and these experiences, but that was the year that I had a baby loss. And that so that was 2014. And then 2015, we conceived and most of my pregnancy was spent in 2015 with our last and final baby. And so he was born in early 2016. But all of these dates were like, okay, significant, 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 significant. And there's a theme, which was very easy for me to spot. And it was motherhood. And it was romantic relationships. So in all of these years that she brought forward, I was either beginning a new relationship in some capacity, an influential and life changing kind of relationship with either um, a romantic partner, the two major romantic partners of my life, and then also brought in the years that I had two of my children and lost one of my children. And so I thought, okay, that's significant because she says that whatever you were doing in these years, any kind of major themes that come up are part of your eclipse story. And they are part of what is wanting to be reassessed, reevaluated. There's something, there's a story, there's a dynamic um, potentially with, with all of those people that are connected to that story or more importantly, just with me and my perception of or my relationship to. And so I've been spending some time reflecting on that. And I think that's really, really interesting. Um, I'll be honest because I always am on this podcast. My relationships in this pre-eclipse period with those people that we mentioned, not the ex, but with my husband and my children, have been more difficult. Like that's where all the struggle and the challenge is coming from for me. So it really makes sense with this theme, with this pre-eclipse theme of like, relationships and motherhood for me and that's where I'm feeling the the shifting and the tension and I guess it's really purposeful so there you go to add another layer she asked she called out a few different astrological signs one I can't remember all of them but it was like Aries Libra Capricorn and one other and I can't remember and she's like how are you doing because you guys are probably most feeling this and I'm a Capricorn sun and a Libra moon so I was like <laughs> Yeah, I'm holding on. I'm holding on to that life raft. I'm going to be okay, but I'm definitely feeling the dips, the highs and the lows. So just a little bit to start up at the energy as of late. And if you've been feeling that too, hold on to the life raft 
um, things do promise to feel better. We're just in this very transformational time. Like the energy forecast for April was all, was hugely transformational, right? And about our personal power and sovereignty and how we lead ourselves and how we make decisions for ourselves. So important right now. We are on the cusp of something major. So this is the time to really, you know, make those changes. Or And if you're not... If you're not totally aware of like, well, what are those changes? What do I need to do? What do you feel shifting in your life right now? Where are the struggles? Where are the challenges? Are they in your relationships like with me? Are they in your relationship to self? Are they in, you know, your career path? Are they in like, where, where are they showing up? Relationship to your body? Like where, 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 where? Speaking of relationship to body, we are getting awfully close to Taurus season. Those of you who have been following me for a few years know that something happens to me during Taurus season. <laughs> so I, the only Taurus I have in my whole astrological birth chart is in Chiron. Um, I have Chiron and Taurus in the ninth house and Chiron is your wounded healer. Okay. So wherever that, that shows up in your astrological chart, the sign in the house is important for you of where you are really, um, like what wounds you're carrying from a previous life or li lifetimes and how directly that is impacted in your healing. So if you want to look at like, where is my core wound? Where do I need the most healing at the soul level? Look to where Chiron is in your birth chart. And um, online is a wealth of information. Instagram's great. Like if you just search for like like if you were like me, uh, Chiron and Taurus, if you just put that in the search bar, there would be thousands of post um, information about that. So definitely something to look into. But the reason I bring up a Taurus is because I've noticed a pattern over the last couple of years where every time Taurus season is close or we're in it, for me, my higher self is like, Amy, focus on your body. Amy, focus on your health. Amy, focus on your body. I talked about this last April on Soul Rising, my other podcast that I co-host with my friend, Erin. Um, Taurus for me, when we are in Taurus season, there is an emphasis on my health and my relationship to my body. No fail every single year and when I look back at previous years and I reflect I can see how major life changes or health changes or things going on have always been around that time so interesting is it not It's funny because I kind of had a plan for this podcast, but I feel like spirit is really taking the reins and it's like, and I literally saw that, you know, like when somebody's is a horse drawn wagon and the, the guy in the front with the top hat does this little thing with the, get the horse moving, right? Like that's what I'm seeing. And I feel like spirit's like, okay, let me take over. I'm leading you with every single thing that I, that you say. So I'm just going to go, okay, spirit, hold on to the life rack. Take us where you need us to go. Um, Speaking of Taurus season, this brings me to another thought and another story. So those of you who are not familiar with Emily and her stars, go give her a follow on social media on Instagram, Emily and her stars. And I think her website is also emilyandherstars.com. Um, I will put, if that's not, I know it's Emily and her stars, but I can't remember the, if it's a com or an org or what it is. So I will make sure to put the correct link 
in my show notes so you can go check her out. She's a friend of mine. I've had her on the other podcast, Soul Rising, about a year ago where we talked about evolutionary astrology. She's a fellow medium as well as a astrologer and an Akashic Records reader. We will have to have her on this podcast at some point soon. Um, but I had a reading with her last week and I want to tell you all about it. But I want to start how I met Emily and kind of how the stars have aligned for us to connect and be friends. Um, I met her, I think she was kind of on my radar, like we had mutual people following us uh, and things like that. And she shares like really funny memes all the time. And uh, like friends of mine on Instagram would share ones that came from her. So I definitely was aware of her and I started to follow her. And then I was, I bought this book. Uh, and the awareness of this book dropped in. This is just how wild the synchronicities are, okay? The awareness of that this book and this topic even came to me in a online Reiki, Holy Fire Reiki healing experience with Kate Flick. I've talked about Kate multiple times. Kate was on my podcast a few weeks ago talking about Reiki. Um, I took... I was attuned by, um, or I received the placements of level one and level two of Holy Fire Reiki with Kate. So Kate is my Reiki master. And this fall, I'm planning to do my Reiki master training with her so that I can begin to teach it myself. So stay tuned because in the next year, I will be offering Reiki courses myself so that you can be attuned as well. And uh, so I, I had this book come in my awareness, okay, in a Reiki session. Um, and it's called bringers of the dawn. Okay. So I literally heard bringers of the dawn and I, I was like, I don't even know what this is, but I was journaling after the experience and I'm like, okay. And it was to do with Lemuria and Pleiadian energy. Now stay with me in case you're like, oh God, she's going down the star seed rabbit hole. <laughs> that might be a little bit too woo woo for some of us, but I know you're all curious and open-minded. So I'm going to go there. Yeah, everybody feels differently about starseeds. For me, it's a it's a topic of curiosity for sure. I don't know how I feel or what I, I, I don't know. I'm still kind of exploring starseeds. But what I will tell you is I have been immensely drawn to the idea of Lemuria and to the Palladians. Now, Pleiades is a star system you might recognize it. It is the logo for um, Subaru. So it's like stars. It's like a constellation. Uh, it's been called the Seven Sisters before. That's Pallades. Okay. The Palladians are said to be star beings. Their origins are from Pallades. And so I had this information come in, in a Reiki session for myself. I channeled it. And I was like, okay, bringers of the dawn, Pallades, I saw all this blue light energy and I was like, I'm getting, oh my goodness, my, my whole body as I'm speaking just went buzz, like vibrating. Okay, Palladians, they're like, do not deny our existence, woman, because you, <laughs> you are one of us. That's how I feel about them. That's how I feel what they're saying to me. Um, so, so anyways, I get this information. I'm like, okay, I talked to Kate and Kate's like, Amy, I don't know if you know this, but I channel Palladian information. Like when I go into the Akashic Records, I channel information 
from them. Like they are the gatekeepers. And I'm like, pardon? Like I didn't even know how random that that comes into me in a, a session that she's hosting and she didn't even say anything about it. I'm like, okay. So then I talked to somebody else who was in that Reiki uh, healing experience as well. And she's like, I'm really drawn to that too. That's so interesting. Um, plot twist, that person that I'm talking about took level one and level two with me in Kate Flick's first Reiki um, group. Like we were her first students. So I think that's really cool um, and needed to be noted. But so I had this conversation with these two people. I'm like, interesting, cool. So I went online, I ordered the book Bringers of the Dawn and I gorged on it. Like I just ferociously read it. I will link it in the show notes. I'll make notes so I don't forget Bringers of the Dawn. And I also need to make a note to link Emily. Um, yeah, so I'm reading this and essentially, I can't remember everything, but in the beginning, there's like a forward part and I'm reading it and the author is kind of is stating how the Pleiadians were even introduced to her, how that all came about, where this comes from. And she tells this story about being, I, I can't remember where she was, somewhere in Europe, overseas, and had this kind of divine experience in which she was channeling, um, you know, the Pleiadians and the Pleiadians introduced themselves to her and she made note of the date and the date. Oh my goodness. It's one 11. It's one 11 PM. I'm sorry. I'm very excitable. Can you feel it? Um, I'm making note of that because I'm talking about the Pleiadians, my whole body's vibrating and now they're giving me angel numbers. Um, I claim it. Thank you, spirit. Thank you, spirit. The magic, the magic that I feel from doing this work and following the breadcrumbs is just unbelievable, which is part of the reason that I do this podcast. And I hope you can feel my enthusiasm for life today. And I hope that if you're having a tough time, whenever you're listening, that this little bit of joy that I feel in me right now is transferred through, you know, the screen and through your ear pods or however you're listening. And that you receive it too, because you deserve to feel joy. <sighs> okay, so yeah, let's get back to this book. I am reading this book. A date pops up. She talks about the exact date that the Pleiadians were introduced to her. And guess what? It was the day that I was reading. <laughs> it wasn't the same year. So this was back, you know, I think in the 70s or 80s. I can't remember exactly the year, but it was the same day. Okay, and I went, hmm interesting then I go on Instagram going through stories Emily who I mentioned and had recently started following at the time in her stories says that it's her birthday the same day as in this book and the day and I'm like weird and I I went out on a limb and I like really had never talked to Emily before and so you know I took a chance that she might think I'm crazy um but I didn't think so right I felt like I was being nudged I messaged Emily and I was like, I know we really don't know each other, but, and I shared with her how I had this experience, how I'm reading this book. I've been drawn to the Pleiadians. I feel like they're with me. I feel like, you know, I have some origins with that. Um, and that, then I'm reading this book and the dates here and it's today's date. And then I go on, it's your birthday. And oh my God, oh my God. And she's like, I am absolutely astounded. My jaw is on the floor. Guess what? I'm also connected to the Pleiadians. And I'm just like, pardon, right? And so this is how we began to 
know of each other and follow each other. And I've taken, you know, um, astrology um, mini workshop with her all about Capricorn season. Um, she does these amazing months, like each, each astrological sign. She does an amazing, like historical, um, evolutionary, like it's, it's amazing, but she does one for each sign. And so I, I gifted for my own birthday in January, gifted myself a, um, a uh, spot in that masterclass about Capricorn, but she's amazing. And so we got to, we started to get to know each other and, um, about a week ago, I had a session with her. This is the first session that I had with her. I felt very drawn to do it. It kind of dropped into my awareness one night a couple weeks ago where it was like, get a session with Emily. And I'm like, okay, spirit. Okay, bossy pants. I will. So I go on her website and it says there's no available spots any at this time. Like she kind of does her schedule like that month by month, month maybe. So I messaged her and I said, no pressure, but like next time you have an appointment for an Akashic astrology reading, please let me know because I would love to book one. And she's like, okay, sure. I'll, I'll like go in there. And actually April's really busy for me, but I do have some dates and times and I'll go update that now. And then you can book. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I booked um, a session and that session was last week. And so it was a Akashic astrology reading. So this is not a general kind of birth chart reading that you might have um, where somebody is breaking down like, okay, you're a Capricorn sun, it's in the fifth house, this is what that means, right? Like that's, that's where one might want to start. But I've already had that experience. I've already had an astrology birth chart reading. And I've also been self studying the topic of astrology, especially evolutionary astrology for over a year. So I, I, I I'm learning about the aspects uh, with astrology now, but I could you know, advise somebody on like the different signs and the different planets and the different houses at this point. Um, so I had that basic general knowledge. So I wanted something a little next level, not just like your basic astrology reading. And I knew that she had this really cool blend of astrology and Akashic reading uh, records. So we did this reading last week. Um, we did record it, which I'm so excited because I can revisit it. Um, and so she essentially like brings up my birth chart on the screen, um, talks about a few different aspects of it, like the fact that I have a grand trine, which is, she said, somewhat rare. It means that I have signs in, um, like a grand trine means you would have like all three earth signs, all three air signs, water or fire, right? So I have a earth grand trine, which means I have um, signs in all three earth signs, Virgo, Taurus, and Capricorn. Uh, so that makes that, energy kind of intense and um it's really essentially really important for my evolution to embrace all the qualities of the element of earth this makes sense for me i mean i've got a virgo north node too and that's all about embracing <laughs> those virgo qualities as i move forward so she told me about that she told me about we talked about the north and the south node now, you guys have heard me talk about how important it is. If you're going to study anything about your birth chart, that's a little bit next level than like your your sun, moon, and rising. I would advise you guys to look into what your north and south node is because that shows your evolution, right? So your south node, the planet and the house that it's in represents where you've been, right? Like in previous lifetimes. And that's Emily's focus with her being an evolutionary astrologer. It's like, I don't want to just tell you predictive things. I want to tell you where you've been and where you're going, what your mission is, what the whole point of all this is. Why did the stars align 
in the sky as they did for you at the moment of birth. What is that trying to tell you? Which really, really appeals to me. So um, south node is where you've been, what you mastered, right? So I get a Pisces south node. Uh, coming from that watery, that watery energy of like um, ethereal, like dreamy, tapping into the inner world, tapping into spirit, tapping into meditation, tapping into all of those things that I now do in this lifetime are things that I've mastered before, which is maybe why I stepped into this work. It, other people might view it as like, oh, you know, she just jumped in, like she didn't take any training. She just jumped right into it. And and that used to be a thing that kept me small because I thought to myself, am I less of a medium because I didn't take a mediumship course? I would think that about myself, whereas everybody else was like, oh my God, no, it means you didn't need it, right? Like, no, don't ever think badly about yourself for that. You know, and learning about my South Node taught me, okay, like that's where all that knowledge comes from. That's why I was able to just kind of jump into it. I've done it before. And my North Node is in Virgo. So Virgo is a lot to do with like being in service. It's practical, right? So when you combine those two things, it's like, okay, taking the things that come easily to you, um, you know, the things that you are, um, the things that, yeah, come easily to you is the best way I want to put it. Taking all that spiritual material and putting it into action doing something with it not just being in la la land with it all the time in deep meditation personally within taking all that information that you do and being of service with it right like virgo is about being of service the interesting thing of like showing how interconnected all that is too is that my north node is in virgo in the 12th house the 12th house is pisces house and my south node pisces is in the sixth house which is Virgo's house. So it just was like a really interesting kind of paradox. And so she focused on that and she's like, okay, I'm gonna go into the records, the Akashic records. Let me really quickly stop right there. I wanna continue my story, but I want to give you an actual definition of the Akashic records. Now I know what they are, but I want to you a definition. I don't want to confuse anyone. So according to Wikipedia, okay, the Akashic Records are a compendium of all universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent ever to have ever to have occurred in the past, present, or future in terms of all entities and life forms, not just humans. This is on the mental plane, okay? Okay, I'm glad I looked it up. I'm glad that I said those things. Um, so if you can think about that, a compendium, it's like a library of sorts on the mental plane of all incarnations, whether they were human or not. All events, all everything is in this record, this library, this hall. I like to think of it as a big, long, like never ending, huge, like with like, almost like a universe, old university, like uh, library. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on and on and on forever. That's what the Akashic Records is. And so she went, she opened my records and she brought through who was here to communicate, to access the records, who was bringing this information forward. And she kind of was like, I saw her eyes on the recording because she brought in Archangel Gabriel and she brought in 
three light beings and she was almost like oh my god of course <laughs> of course right and these three life beings were um one was let me get my notes out here so three she said i see three light beings in three different colors one is pinkish reddish one is white like kind of a goldeny white with some green in it and one is very pale blue and um afterwards I asked her okay like because you can ask questions in the Akashic Records too so afterwards I said okay like do you know where these star beings are coming from like what are their origins and so she went back and asked them um the pinky red one said from Orion um and more specifically Mintaka so we've talked, I don't think we've talked about the Minnetonkans before, but if you are a fan of Rebecca Campbell, Rebecca Campbell, specifically her work here light deck, I think has a lot of stuff about Minnetonkans. Um, so we had them come through, then from the goldeny white green was um, from the Big Dipper, and then the pale blue, the Palladians, the Seven Sisters is what they said. So I'm just like, okay um it came through that i was um one of the you know older souls that came in here and that came here to bring consciousness to humans so let me go back to this book i tell you i know this is convoluted and i know it's all over the place but it all is connected i promise you the book the bringers of the dawn is essentially a channel book um from the Palladians and tells kind of about you know human origins and where we uh, originated from like the like conscious humans humans with consciousness okay so it talks about how the Palladians these star beings came to earth came to a place called Lemuria which isn't explained in the book as modern-day Hawaii and the Hawaii at one point was much larger, um, like a continent, like a big landmass, um, and that parts of it, most of it has sunk. And that was kind of the ending of Lemuria, like how it all ended in the end. Um, and the Hawaii is now, the landmass of Hawaii are those uh, peaks of Lemuria, the mountaintops that once were. And so that's really cool. So. You know, essentially the Pleiadians came to Lemuria, modern day Hawaii, to create a conscious human. So in this book, they state that there was humans, you know, before, and that they would have been these prehistoric kind of, you know, more caveman, Neolithic type human, a human without consciousness. So if you can think about that, a human without consciousness would essentially be like an animal, right? Like acting on instincts. Um, without the thoughts and the mind and all that kind of stuff. So no conscious thoughts. And so the Palladians and the people, the humans, these Neolithic people created a new type of human. And that was their mission. That was what the Palladians set out to do. They created humans with consciousness. And um, so this went on for, you know, a very, 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 very long time. And it was very much like heaven on earth, you know, like everything was beautiful it was a beautiful cultural experience um much like people say atlantis was before you know it became um, a bit of a power trip 
<laughs> to say to say they they advanced a little bit too far um, in a lot of ways without the consciousness evolving with it, which is why people state that Atlantis was destroyed was for those reasons. Anyhow, Lemuria, Palladians. Okay, so in this reading, Emily channeled that I was one of those original. Um, star beings that came to do this would have lived experience in Lemuria. By the way, the book, The Bringers of the Dawn, does say that um, everyone living would have had an experience living on Lemuria because we are all conscious humans. Okay. Then there was a great flood. Um, Lemuria sunk. People left. They left on by by water and you know went to other places. So, anyways, that's Lemuria in a nutshell. So the Palladians came in for me out of the Akashic records to tell me that. I'm referring to my notes here. So it says um, a star seed that was part of the original. The original. What does that say? I don't know. Sent to seed civilization. Oh, original being sent to seed civilization. Then she brought through the first lifetime um, not the first time not the first lifetime ever but the first lifetime that wanted to come through and she set her intention for this to connect with the lifetimes in which I had the same north and south node placements okay so there's like the similar mission in some degree you've got this north node in Virgo and south node in Pisces show me a lifetime in which she has all also had that placement it was her intention and so she brought through a lifetime on atlantis which is super cool i've never felt super particularly connected to atlantis but um i was very very connected to the the, the information that came in after so she said i was standing kind of in this green space that all like looked perfectly manicured almost like what you would like see in a golf course um but not a golf course right but just beautiful and lush and green and i was standing there and i had this white um really kind of thick um gown that had gold embroidery on it and i had really long hair and i was standing there and she said you're what you're doing like your purpose in this lifetime is to bring balance and harmony to everything so she was like show this is where it gets kind of cool because she was showing me how um she's like it's like you can go okay cloud over there a little bit over there okay we need some rain over there okay rain over there a little bit right like so there was this connection to the weather and um, it was more about having this ability to perceive like, okay, this is what this thing needs. This is what this person needs. This is what this needs. And like knowing what that is. And without that role, um, you know, things may, might not have been as in balance. And I thought that was super duper cool. Um, now, let's go back again to another Reiki experience. <laughs> It all comes back to Reiki experiences. I I did took part in a um a sit in a couple weeks ago, and I had this vision come in that I was a woman. It wasn't me per se, but it was me, and I had very long gray hair, and the wind was whipping like my hair was like being blown all around my face, was standing straight up in all directions from the wind, and that I was standing on the edge of this rocky cliff. And it was raining and thunder and there was fog. And I was standing there and I was just like, almost like summoning 
the weather in a way and with the wind. And I was like helping change the wind patterns. And what I heard clear audiently was you are connected to the wind. You need to step into the medicine of the wind, right? And so I went down the rabbit hole after that. It's like, what does that mean, right? And it's about being connected to the element of air. Um, and there's way more that I have to learn about that <laughs> in time. But I had this vision, right? And then she brings in this kind of similar message. Um, even how the woman was standing was how I saw the woman. The environment was different, but the message was about balance and harmony and being connected to the elements, especially air. I thought that was really cool. So she said, orchestrating the environmental setting, um, attuning to grace and abundance. Remember this feeling of beauty and simplicity when you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, some of the gifts that I had in that lifetime was seeing colors and auras and having an extra layer of seeing. Um, now I do have that in this lifetime as well. I can see auras. I do see color. We've talked about me being able to see um, energy in colorful ways and patterns. Um, extra layer of seeing. Uh, hey, definitely, right? <laughs> Those of you who have had a reading with me know I have an extra, an extra layer of seeing. Um, Lean into understanding colors came forward, like color therapy, which is new for me. It's something I'm going to have to going to have to look into. And then she brought up the weather, the wind, um, which kind of like really blew my mind. Right. And then she said this or something better. My arm hair stand stood up at this point, people. Those of you that are following me on Instagram and you watch my stories know that I have been repeating this or something better daily for about six weeks now. This or something better. This or something better. And guess what? Remember how we talked about how the universe speaks to us from different people, different opportunities, different experiences? Yesterday, when I made a post on Facebook kind of saying, I'm, you know, I need to shift my energy, definitely. This is not, um, I need to get out of my scarcity mindset. One of the people that commented on there said, Amy, this or something better. If you're listening and not watching, I just did the like mind blown, <laughs> the mind blown hand symbol. Okay, so then the next lifetime she connected with was a medicine man. Love this. Um, he brought through this feeling of knowledge is power. Um, he brought through a feeling of um, there's a connection to like bones, which is really cool, and like runes and stones. Um, he brought through some guidance of like where to go from here because there's this feeling with both of these lives, especially with him, that I was very, very, very knowledgeable, spiritually knowledgeable, and that people, you know, I had great respect and people revered me for it and would come to me for guidance. But there was this element of like, yes, I had that power, but it was almost like there was this wall of like, I was, I was advising people and I was guiding people, but I wasn't always connecting with people. So she brought through the importance of connection. <laughs> Are, is your mind blown yet? You guys know me. My purpose is connection. This has come up so many times for me over the years. Um, he also brought through some amazing guidance for me moving forward. Number one, that I will be an author and that I should be an author in this lifetime. That's been a part of my plan, my life's plan since I was five years old. So definitely got to get on that. 
um, and that my gift is in teaching how the simplicity of spirituality. I know you might be like, what? Spirituality is not simple, but it can be. We make things very difficult. You know, we just do naturally as human beings, but I do find also that there um, can be this kind of mindset in the spiritual community with, you know, spiritual mentors and teachers that, you know, sometimes, I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes things become way overcomplicated. And we almost become addicted to things being overcomplicated, right? Like if, if somebody says to me, how do I do this? And I just say this, they're like, okay, but that's it. Like, tell me more. How do I do it? And I'm like, but that's how you do it. There is nothing more than that, right? But it's it's like we have become addicted to like, okay, but like more and more and more and, and every single step. And I'm like, that is the first and the only step, right? Um, and so he kind of brought that up and he's like, he brought through... Um, do not be dismissive of the simplicity of the ancients. You can teach intuitive development. You can teach others that they don't need divination tools. This is your what you. This is your magic. This is what you can teach. This is what you can mentor. Oh, like you guys, especially you guys that are Soul Rising viewers, will know that Aaron and I have the same view on this. And we've talked about it quite a few times. Like we can get addicted in the spiritual world to divination tools and they are wonderful and they are great. And I'm never going to poo-poo on the tarot oracle, never going to poo-poo on the crystals. They're all wonderful and fabulous, but you don't need them to be intuitive. There, I said it. I said it and I'm not sorry. You don't need them. They're lovely to have. They're certainly healing. They certainly, they're, they're tools, they're tools to use, but make sure that you know that you don't need the tool. You have that access. So I thought that was really cool and something to work with and something that I'm going to be pondering in time. Um, and then brought up um, this kind of bone medicine. And then I said, like, well, why are bones so important? Can you tell me a little bit more? Um, and she brought through some, like, really cool imagery of, like, if you think about a bone and that the bone is, um, you know, it's a solid, it, it's, it, it has a history, right? Like it's, it carries everything that's ever been, right? If you think even about your own bones are connected, they would have traces of like every ancestor that you've ever had, right? Like bone knowledge, right? Bone wisdom, crazy when you think about it, but it's also, you know, there's marrow, there's, there's a space in it, there's a hollowness in it. And so he was bringing through this feeling of like, the the hollow, the spirit, the marrow, like that's, that's the spirit that moves through. So it's, it really reminded me of the concept of Merkaba. Merkaba is kind of like this, that we the, the physical body is the vehicle for consciousness and spirit. So Merkaba is like this union of mind, body and spirit. And so that's what it reminds me of. But anyways, I'm going to dig into bone medicine and runes potentially and just seeing what that's all about. But he said, bones are held in reference. Um, spirit, is tra spirit transfers the energy to the bone. Isn't that cool when you think about that? Um, and then lastly, I asked a question to the, she, like, I asked a question to her and she asked the records and it was like, tell me a little bit more about my Libra moon and 
it being next to uh, a Pluto. I have Pluto and my moon in Libra together. Okay, and so Libra, we've got a lot of balance and harmony kind of energy. And then we've got Pluto, and the and sorry, the moon is very much like your emotional self, right? Your connection to self. It's all about your inner world. So we've got that. And then we've got the planet of Pluto next to it in the same sign. And Pluto can be a little bit of an SHIT disturber, right? Like that's what Pluto is about. Pluto is here to shake things up. And it's it's here to really show us what's important, where, where we're keeping ourselves small. It's a transformational kind of energy with Pluto. It gets a bad rap sometimes, but it's really meant to shake things up, right? Where are you missing something? Where are you holding yourself back? Where are you self-sabotaging? You know, where are you limiting yourself? Look to where, what sign your Pluto is in. See what you find. So I said, why do I have these two together? Right? You would think they might not work together. And what came through was that it is to highlight the awareness of relationships for me so that there can be some challenges in relationships. And like my, my innate, my Libra moon wants peace, it wants harmony, it thrives on that, it feels safe on peace and harmony in relationships. But there's also this part of me that needs things to be shaken up a little bit to really show me what matters. It can't all be sunshines and roses all the time. And so that's what came through in this Akashic Records reader. It's to show you that it can't be all good. Sometimes there's gotta be something to shake it up. That those struggles, those challenges are what makes you then appreciate what you have. So if it was like gravy 24 seven, Where's the growth in that? And most of my growth is coming from our relationships. And I definitely knew this. And then if you kind of come full circle in this episode, if you think about the beginning when I talked about how this eclipse season and the themes for me have been around romantic relationships and motherhood specifically, that seems very Platonian to me, does it not? And it so reminds me of this um, sticky note that I had kept on my wall for years until we just repainted. So now it's tucked safely into a notebook, but had this sticky note and it has a quote on it that my grandfather wrote in a card that he gave me on my high school graduation. And my grandfather, I, he was like an idol to me. I loved him so, so very much. Um, he taught me so much. He really stepped into a like active fathering kind of role when I was little and, you know, did all those things with me that you would expect a dad figure to do, you know, like took me to prom, took, like drove me there, went and got my hair done, waited outside while I got my hair done, um, took me on field trips, um, helped me with school projects. Like he was that person for me. And so my prom was in 1998 and it was just a couple years later that he um, got Alzheimer's and dementia and his memory. He, he by, by 2002, you know, just like four years later, he was really in the depths of dementia. So I consider these last, those last couple of years with him such a beautiful gift. And, you know, this quote that I'm about to tell you, the fact that he wrote it in this card and gave it to me, like it will stay with me for the rest of my life. I feel like I want to cry as I say this, but I'm, I, it's just full circle when we talk about what we just talked about with the Libra and the moon in the with Pluto. 
it, he wrote on it, he said, all sun and no rain makes a desert. And at the time, like I knew that was a significant quote, but it took years for me really to reflect on what that meant and how much wisdom is in that statement. You know, like it can be all sunshine and roses because if it was, it would be, there'd be, there'd be no growth. It would be a desert, right? If it was sunny all the time, there would be no lush, there'd be no flowers, there'd be no life. There needs to be the balance between both, right? Um, and so that seems so telling, you know, that he said that to me. I think that that was one of his major life lessons. I don't want to get too personal about his life, but he experienced a lot of challenges, you know, and then there was some um, depression and things like that with him that I never really knew about, but at the time, and I feel like that's so insightful for him to say that it, it obviously was purposeful. He obviously chose that quote to share with me for a reason, and it very likely was because it was a lesson that he learned as well. You know, it can't be all good times. There's no growth in that. There's got to be some part of my front shitty times too, right? Like there just has to be. And so I, that's what I was thinking about when Emily brought through this message of why I've got the Lib Libra moon and Pluto together and what the lesson with that is. So, whoo, it was amazing. It really, really was. If you guys have not experienced something like that and you would like to, definitely recommend Emily. And like I said, I will link her website. Keep in mind, it's not like a general astrology reading. She'll pick things out of the reading as focus and ask about that in the records. Um, but yeah, isn't that crazy? And isn't it crazy that the Palladians came in for me and that they connected to me to Emily in the first place and connected to me to Kate? <laughs> Speaking of Kate, I was thinking the other day how there's been so many transformations in my life and major aha moments and they're all somehow connected to Reiki now in Kate's episode she taught us that there are two there's different lineages of Reiki um you see Yusui and then there's Holy Fire and that she um she is attuned with Holy Fire and she explained what that means and that that's what I took so I I have level one and two uh, Reiki, Holy Fire, Holy Fire Reiki. And so Holy Fire Reiki, the lineage of that is kind of just like infused with the energy of Christ consciousness. Now this is nothing to do with religion. It's just this very high vibrational energy that, um, you know, people like Jesus and people like Buddha and all these great mystics and, um, you know, leaders in the past have been working with, working with Christ consciousness and there's been this connection for me with breath work that wants to come in and how that's come in as, you know, downloads about how if I view my lungs and breathing as angel wings, then I'll begin to understand how this is my connection to the divine that our lungs, you know, it's, it's like a representate, it's representing the spirit, right? It's a way to visualize. I'm a very visual person. So spirit always gives me visuals. So it's like, okay, you want to know where your spirit is? Like your spirit's all through you. But if you can picture your lungs as angel wings and every time you want to connect to your higher self, to your angels, to your loved ones in spirit, you got to breathe, girl. You got to remember to breathe. Picture those 
lungs like angel wings, you know, like that strikes me as so significant. And I think about it all the time. And then Kate is a, a breath. I didn't even know she is certified in breath work. I found this out when I interviewed her on the podcast, um, working with Christ consciousness. And then I, I, I shared you with you guys how I had some Reiki healing sessions done distantly from a lovely listener in Scotland who was just attuned with Reiki level one and two. And that even there, this message about working with the angels and working with Christ consciousness came through. So can you see how the universe speaks or can you not? It's just insane to me. It's insane. It is insane. One last thing before I go. I know this is a long one. It's kind of connected as well. So this book, if you're on YouTube, you can see it. It's called The Gene Keys, Embracing Your Higher Purpose. It is by Richard Rudd. Gene Keys, I, I won't. I won't give a like a full description. I could do a whole podcast on the gene keys, but they're kind of like next level human design. Okay. So he, the, the gates in human design are called gene keys in this, in this system, in this knowledge. Um, and so you can go to genekeys.com to bring up your own free chart if you would like. And gene is spelled G-E-N-E. And you can read all about your gene keys and you can very easily like go, like I said, just search in Instagram if you wanted to search for 42 gene key and something will come up and it'll tell you what it is, okay? But I have multiple books. If you're on YouTube, you can see I've got five gene key books here because that's how I jam and um, that's, you know, what I do. I go down the rope rabbit hole. <laughs> My purpose in the gene keys. So the, the, the number that comes up for my purpose, my personal purpose, is the 42nd gene key. Now, the gene keys are connected, like human design, to different, you know, schools of thought like chi and um, um, astrology and all these different methods blend together. And the 42nd gene key is in transit right now as we speak, as I record this. So every like five or six days or so, we transit to another one, okay? So everybody experiences all of the gene keys, right? Because we're living 365 days of the year. But the ones that we have as, you know, called out in our chart means that we might experience them a little bit more. We experience the energy more. Um, those are the, the lessons that those gene keys carry are really significant to our life's path. So we talk about my purpose is the 42nd gene key and we are now in the 42nd gene key transit. Um, and so this book breaks down, what does that mean, right? Like it's, it's basically a blueprint for human evolution. Like there's 64 gene keys, there's 64 lessons in them and that every single person is learning them, right? In their incarnations. And when something's kind of highlighted or called out for you and it shows up as a specific gene key for you, it means in this lifetime, you're really learning that one, right? We're learning them all, but you're learning that one. The 42nd gene key, it says, letting go of living and dying, okay? And so he breaks it down. This is a huge topic, right? So I'm, I'm not gonna go into huge detail about it, but I will tell you, he breaks it down in three parts. The shadow aspect, the shadow of the gene key, right? 
um, the gift of the jinki and then the city of the jinki. And city is spelled S-I-D-D-H-I. And that's kind of like the really enlightened um, part of this gene key. And so by knowing what your gene keys are and by knowing the shadows and the gifts, you can really see where the lesson in that is for you. Like, what are you in the shadow of it? Are you in the gift of it? How do we get to the gift of it, right? Like, what am I here to learn? And so the shadow of the 42nd gene key is expectation. So it's, uh, it says waiting at the expectation station, right? So it says um, the 42nd shadow is actually one of the shadows at the source of all human mental fear because the 42nd shadow concerns death. This is the gene key that literally programs us to die and it exists in every living cell as a built-in design for decay. Because our neocortex neocortex perceives life as time flowing by it is the source of our anxiety about time running out i'm just going to read the things that i have highlighted here whenever you feel circumstances are moving out of your control you can immediately see how attached you are or how detached you are As we human beings so often learn in life, many disappointments actually turn out to be enormous blessings. The moment you think in terms of success and failure, you have already failed because you have become embroiled in expectation. Your expectation takes you out of the present moment so effectively that you lose your place in the greater flow of the cosmos. And so this can, this shadow can be embodied in two ways repressive or reactive the repressive way is grasping right like we all experience this i'm sure that you experience this in your life if you have this gene key specifically it means that this is a really important life this is a very important lesson that you are meant to learn in this lifetime um this week where we're in the the transit of the 42nd gene key you might be experiencing things that really are trying to teach you this this is the beauty of the gene keys. If you're somebody down the spiritual path that likes to really learn um, and are really, really curious and likes to go down the rabbit hole like, like me, I would highly recommend getting into the gene keys. So the repressive nature of that shadow of expectation is grasping. So when expression manifests through a repressive nature, it becomes an inability to let go and a continual grasping at life. These people simply do not want things to end or do anything and do anything to keep everything the way it is. This is a deeply rooted fear of change. When we do not allow and embrace change, we prevent life from renewing itself, thus sapping our own healthy energy and vigor. I definitely have been that repressive um, grasper in time for sure. The reactive side of this says flaky. So the reactive nature finds itself unable to fully complete anything in life. This is totally me in the past. These people try to avoid disappointment by not really making any form of commitment in the first place. Okay, spirit, why don't you tell me how you really feel? So then I'm going to quickly share, okay, like how do we get to the gift of it? The gift is detachment. This is all... I'm just having a moment here where spirit just reminded me of how much this makes sense for my analogy at the beginning of like grabbing onto the buoy and just saying, okay, spirit, I'm holding on tight. I know you're not going to let me go. I know I'm not going to drown here. I'm just going to, you're going to take me where we, where we need to go. 
whoa, that is moving out of expectation and moving into the gift of detachment. I am so excited by that. Um, thank you, Spirit, for dropping that into my awareness. So it says, um, to be detached does not mean to not feel. Did we talk about that in the beginning? Yes, we did. In fact, if you're truly detached, you will feel more intensely than others because you will not have allowed your expectation, positive or negative, to constrict the event you actually experience. With, the, with detachment, you can even enjoy the experience of being disappointed. Mm, wow. True detachment cannot be forced through discipline. Any attempt to force detachment simply creates more attachment. See how deep this is? Isn't this amazing? This is about working with your expectations rather than being a victim of it. You need to trust in the ebb and flow of events around you and to accept the growth and decay of our bodies and our lives. The gift sees life as a series of stories or tapestries intricate. I can't say that word. You know what I mean? Interwoven with each other, even though you cannot immediately see the outcome of a different situation, you know that is connected to a prior situation and it bridges to another situation in the future. With detachment, you become truly centered in your own being. The more you accept yourself the way you are, the more detached you become and the simpler life becomes. That is my purpose sphere. That's what I'm here to learn. Wow. I hope I've inspired you today to get into Gene Keys. I am not sponsored by or affiliated with them in any way, but I would love to be. So if Richard Rudd is listening, please drop me a line because I would love to chat. Um, but no, I am just enthusiastic as all get out for Gene Keys. I think it is next level spirituality. I really, really do. It's like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to learn, but like break it down. Break it down. Tell me. What's the repressive? What's the, what, how do I keep myself small? What do I need to do? How do I get myself out of here? And I love it for that. It's very deep and very spiritual. I hope you guys have enjoyed me. I've gone off on a tangent, I know, but like I just really, 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 really wanted to tell you about how everything has been interconnected for me, how I am learning to release my expectations. What a full circle moment. Wasn't planning to even talk about that Gene Keys book. It was only on my desk because I was reading it at lunchtime. Um, you know, I'm, we are being encouraged, especially this week where things are feeling like they're maybe a little overwhelming all over the place to detach from the expectation of it. And I promise, you know, the more that you do, the easier life gets when you just allow yourself to flow and know, okay, like that didn't work out, but I know there's something better. I know there is when you can detach from the expectation and you let life surprise you, life surprises you in really, really, really beautiful ways. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you soon. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Intuitive Rising podcast. If you would like to continue the chats and join a group of like-minded souls on their own spiritual journey, please request to join the Intuitive Rising community over on Facebook. All are welcome. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating. If you'd like to connect with me directly, please visit my website at theintuitiverising.com.